Lord, we do want to know you more. We do surrender. We do pray, Father, for today that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done and that many people would come to this place and experience your up-close love. And Lord, that people's hearts would be open and ready to receive your good news. Lord, I pray that you would fill us with courage to obey your commands to go and share the message with others. Lord, may, may your glory be revealed. May your name be made great. May many, many, many people know you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, good morning, everybody. It's so good to be here with you. Happy uh, Carnival Sunday. When I was growing up, Carnival Sunday was always a good time. I, rem- I was here the very first Carnival Sunday, and because uh, I'm old, I guess, or I've been here a long time. And uh, we, my brothers and I got our faces painted as clowns, and we made balloon animals. But we had never made balloon animals, but it wasn't that hard, so we figured it out. Anyway, it was a really good time, and I'm really excited that you guys are all here and uh, ready to uh, serve our community. By the way, when uh, church gets over, if you've got some friends or neighbors that you have their phone numbers, I really encourage you to text them and say, hey, we're having a free carnival today. We'd love to have you there. Um, Just to give them one more reminder and one more invite. Oh, yeah, we already welcomed the live stream. Sorry, my wife encouraged me to welcome the live stream. Anyway, so today is going to be a little bit different. If you guys could find the, the middle of your worship guide, so it's the inside of your worship guide, and if you could grab a pencil or a pen, that would be phenomenal. A pencil or a pen. And while you're doing it, I just want to tell you a story really quick. So I was in Africa. I made it all the way to Africa, and... Uh, I was standing in front of a tribal person, and the person leading this mission trip that I was on said, Nathan, it would be really good for you to share the gospel with these people. And I didn't know what to do. Like I was literal, like I had raised the funds, I had uh, prepared, I had gotten on the airplane, I had flown hour, like 24 hours all by myself, and I'm standing in front of this tribal person, and this leader of my group says, Nathan, share the gospel with this person, and I froze. I had no idea what to do. I was thinking to myself, I don't, even, I don't even know what to say. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been in a situation like that where you're standing in front of someone who needs to hear the good news of Jesus and you're like, I don't know what to say. So today I thought, hey, here is a method that I've discovered is really, really helpful. And so today is going to be less of a sermon and more of a teaching. And this method is something that I've begun to employ in the last couple of years, and it's something that I believe will really, really help you, especially if you find yourself kind of like, I don't know what to say. So the very first thing in this method is have a normal conversation with people. People know when they're targets. They don't want to be targets. They don't want to be your object to be converted. They want to be a person. And so it's really important to just be kind. Uh, Brandon, can you come up really quick, man? I didn't tell Brandon I was going to do this. So this is Brandon. So uh, we're going to pretend we don't know each other really quick. So hi, I'm, I'm Nathan. What's Brandon. your name? I'm Brandon. Brandon. Nice to meet you. Oh, nice. Where, where do you work, Brandon? I work at Ortho Colorado Hospital. Oh, awesome. So I have no idea what that is. Tell me about it. So I, it's a, an orthopedic hospital that we specialize in 
people who get their surgeries done for bones and joints and stuff, so I just help them get it back on their feet after they're done. Oh, wow, that's really powerful. That's, that's super cool. Uh, so, like, what got you into nursing? Uh, you know, I was praying in my, in my senior year. I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I was looking on the Warren Tech website, and, and I felt like God was saying, do this nursing program, and I did it, and I fell in love with it, and so now I'm working at the hospital, and um, I never thought I would like it. I never thought I'd be doing nursing even three years ago, but now I'm doing it and I love it and I'm probably gonna be going to nursing school in the next year, so. Wow, that's amazing. That's cool that God has given you that burden in your heart. Yeah. So I noticed that you used the word pray. Like, do you, do you believe in Jesus? Do you follow do. him? Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. I believe in Jesus also. Hey, hey that's awesome. Nice. All right, thank you. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, a round of applause for Brandon. Yeah, so obviously uh, not every conversation goes that way, but you guys get the breeze. It's all about asking questions and legitimately caring about what they're saying. Um, I've learned so much from people by just asking questions, keeping my mouth shut. Really, it's a, it's a really fun exercise. So uh, really encourage you, just start with a normal conversation. Hi, what's your name? Tell me about yourself. What are you passionate about? That's cool. Then here's the next step. Drive the conversation towards what Jesus has done in your life. So if Brandon didn't know Jesus, uh, I would have probably driven the conversation towards, hey, like, how are you doing lately with all this stuff going on in our world? See, like, it's really intense. I don't know about you, but it's really, really been hard for me. I found myself a little bit depressed. I found myself just angry at the world. I found myself all kinds of things. How's it been going for you? And uh, based upon what he says, I would then tell my story. So uh, you'll see on your outline here who I was before, how I encountered Jesus, and what changed as a result of you encountering Jesus. So um, people don't, when you hear the word share your testimony, probably what comes to mind is like a 35-minute speech that you've developed over the course of your Christian life. Well, you know, I grew up in a church, and, you know, I did all the right things, and I said all the right things, and then one day, you know, I was praying, and I really felt like the Holy Spirit encountered me. You know, like, it's like this really, really, really long story, but it doesn't need to be a long story, and as you guys probably know, our culture doesn't want long stories. It wants short stories, and the best place to start is with the negative. I don't know what it is. People just really seem to resonate with the negative things going on in your life. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's frustration. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's sadness. Maybe it's grief. Maybe it, I don't know what's going on in your life, uh, but, or what was going on in your life, particularly before you encountered Jesus, but I believe that people really will resonate with that because believe it or not, sorry, I don't mean to be sarcastic, your story matters to other people and your experiences in this world are common among everybody. There's a lot of people out there who are sad. There's a lot of people out there who are angry. There's a lot of people out there who are depressed. And if you can, if you can put yourself in a place where you're willing to be authentic with somebody, they're going to be willing to be authentic with you. So um, I want you to think about a time. It doesn't have to be before you met Jesus the first time, but I want you to think about a time where you were not doing well. And it's gonna, in, the end of the story needs to be Jesus intervened. So think of a time where you were not doing well, but Jesus intervened. So I'm just going to give us a few seconds of silence here, a time when you were not doing well. And I want you to just write a bullet point of what that was in that first top box. What was that? 
moment, that point where you were not doing well and Jesus intervened. I know, lots of awkward silences today, so it's okay. It doesn't need to be the whole story, just a bullet point, something to spur your own memory. One word? Yeah, one word's fine. Fear of failure. Fear of failure. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, so you encountered Jesus as... You had fear of failure in your life before, and then you encountered Jesus, and that changed. Yeah, I'm not afraid of failure, but I fail anyway. Yeah, I hear you there. All right. Next on the list is how did you encounter Jesus? So, for example, I encountered Jesus when one day I decided, you know what? I've heard so many times I should pray to this guy. Maybe I should actually pray to this guy. So I sat down in my childhood closet, which was like this three-by-four square, and I began to pray. And I didn't know what to pray, so I just said, hey, Jesus, I believe that you are real, and I really want you to change my life. And it was just a simple prayer like that that set my life on a whole new trajectory. So how did you encounter Jesus? Maybe it was in prayer, maybe you were sitting in a church somewhere and some preacher stood up, maybe you were uh, on a run somewhere, maybe you were driving your car through the mountains. Where did you encounter Jesus, and how did that work? Just a bullet point. And then finally, what changed as a result of your encounter with Jesus? So, for example, in Tom's story, uh, he was no longer filled with fear. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. But God is faithful, right, to complete every good work that he starts. So, what changed in your life as a result? Here's the crucial thing. People need to know the difference that Jesus made in your life. If they don't know the difference that Jesus made in your life, why do they want? What, what, it, why would they want him, honestly? Like, tradition is no longer enough to keep people in the church. And uh, honestly, I'm kind of okay with that. <laughs> so what changed in your life as a result of encountering Jesus? Now, you may be sitting there thinking to yourself, well, I've never, I don't have a story like this. I, there's no moment in my life or even a period of time in my life where I can look and see a difference that Jesus made. Now, I'm not here to uh, point any fingers. I would encourage you to ask this question. If you don't have even a single story like this, perhaps you haven't met Jesus yet. And uh, the the doors are wide open. He's ready and waiting and excited to meet you. Uh, he already knows you. He knows the number of hairs on your head. So if you don't have a story, I really encourage you to ask this question, have I really met Jesus? But I'm guessing that many of you don't just have one story, but you have 20 stories of God's faithfulness. For example, I'll just tell you mine. So I grew up kind of a neurotic, crazy kid. Uh, I was nervous about everything. I was worried about everything. I was just like a little 
stress ball, fearful of everything, so fearful that on the first day of school every year, I would cry and vomit because I was so nervous to be around other people. I never thought that God, that God would ever want to use anybody like me. I thought I was an et cetera. I thought I was a pew filler. I thought I, my life was going to just be this fear-filled thing. And then one day when I was 19, I was sitting in my bedroom, and I was at a very low point in my life. I was very, very, very lonely. And I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe I just need Jesus. And so a bunch of people had told me to pray this guy named Jesus, and I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll actually do that for the first time in my life and not just memorize a verse or memorize a prayer. So I go into my childhood bedroom, and out of closet in my childhood bedroom, I sat down on the floor, I closed the door, and I prayed, Jesus, I just want you. Will you, will you begin to change my life? And he did. It was crazy. I watched as God took my fear and turned it to courage. I would never, ever be standing in front of a group of people like you guys today had it not been for the living Jesus. I watched as God took my fear and turned it into courage. I thought, I'll never leave the United States. And now it's like the thing that I do. Like, I thought that my world was going to be this tiny little fear-filled sack. And Jesus totally changed all of that for me. So that's my story. And so when I encounter people, that story might adjust a little bit depending on the person I'm talking to, but that's my story. Okay, the step after that is share the short gospel. So I believe that this is possible because Jesus came 2,000 years ago, died on the cross for our sins, and then three days later rose from the dead. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul makes this the gospel. Jesus died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and then three days later rose again. It's really, really simple. Literally like two lines in your Bible. Super, super simple. But it is the gospel. It is the good news. And you need to end on this particular statement. I believe he can do that because he's alive. And because he's alive, I believe he wants to know you. Which means, moving on to the next bullet, I believe in the same way that Jesus changed my life, he can change your life. And then you get to the point that's really, really scary. It's the point that everybody always chickens out. You have to ask the question, is this something that you want? Would you like Jesus to do this in your life? Now, you might be thinking to yourself, oh, man, that's really scary. Listen, we had this girl named Fallon in our youth group, and uh, three weeks before this event happened, Taylor took her out to coffee, and Fallon was so nervous that she could not even order her own coffee. She couldn't stand in front of the barista and order her own coffee. Three weeks later, Jesus had gotten a hold of her life to such a degree that she was leading random people in a bookstore. I think I told you guys this story, actually. She was leading a couple of random women in a bookstore to Jesus, and she used this. All she did was share her story. And then she had the courage and the guts to ask the question, is that something that you want? And to her amazement, and to my amazement and on many occasions, people actually say yes to this. So uh, I was at my other ministry that I worked for, Forge, and this uh, homeless guy walks in, and his name was Justin. And Justin and I began to have a conversation. And Justin was having a really hard day. He had just like come... 
yeah, I, we don't have to get into all that. He was having a really hard day. And I said, Justin, what can I do for you, man? And so he's like, I'm really hungry and thirsty, so we got some food and water, and we're just sitting there chatting, going back and forth. And we get to a point in his story that's really similar to my story. I was feel, I'm feeling so low, I'm feeling so alone, and I was like, hey, I know what that's like. I've been there. Jesus changed me. And I just told him that story that I just told you, and then I asked this question, hey, is that something that you want? And he's like, yeah, I really do want that. And uh, so we just prayed together right there. I said, all right, man, do you, do you want to, if that's something that you want, I, I believe that you can just tell Jesus that you want to follow him. And so just using his own words, he said, Jesus, I want to follow you and I want to call you my Lord. Very, very simple. And uh, after we were done praying, I asked, hey, man, how are you feeling? He's like, I feel a little lighter. I feel a little more joyful. And those, te- those things tend to happen. I find that when people decide to follow Jesus, they're filled with joy and peace and contentment. Those, like fruits of the Spirit, they're filled with those things. So that is my strategy. It's very, very simple. Does anybody have any questions? All right. I have one. Yes, what's your question? So just to clarify, because I've always gotten hung up on this. Yeah. Right. They, just as a reminder, this doesn't have to be your salvation moment. It can be any moment where Jesus intervened and changed you or changed the situation. Any moment at all. Just as a show of hands, who in this room has at least one moment where Jesus intervened and changed? Amen. Hallelujah. Absolutely. Yeah. See, look, everybody, that's a story that you can share and reveal who Jesus is to other people. Does anybody else have any other questions? This is a classroom setting. Any other questions? Yes, sir. Where does God fit into the Where is, um, Honestly, I typically don't get into the, the like Trinity and stuff when I'm just sharing the message with somebody. Um, I find that it gets really, really complicated um, because there's a lot of people out there who worship God who don't worship the God of the Bible. Um, and there's a lot of people who worship God who don't worship Jesus. And so I... Generally speaking, I usually use the, the name Jesus to describe God just because it's easy for people to understand and then they know which God I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like the Hindu God that they might worship or Allah or anything like that. Yeah. And as they d- get discipled, absolutely, the Trinity is a really important theology and I explain it, but uh, just it, it gets really complicated if you like jump into that theology right off the bat. Yeah. How do you deal with people that are so angry at the church and past experiences that they don't even want to hear what you have to say? Yep, that's a great question. So in the scriptures, uh, sorry, for the sake of the recording, she asked, how do you deal with people who are really angry at the church and they don't want to hear anything about it? Basically, your responsibility is to represent Jesus and to share the good news. Your responsibility is to not force them to believe. You will not have success if you're attempting to force people to believe. In fact, I would call any time that you share the gospel a success, regardless of how they respond. Of course, we want them to respond, and we want them to say yes to Jesus, because Jesus has changed our lives. We want them, him to change their life, but 
at the end of the day, your responsibility is to share. Paul, in, the, in his letters, talks about how the blood of the people who choose to reject him is not on his head because he's proclaimed. But the opposite, I believe, is also true. If we don't proclaim, their blood might be on our heads. So uh, that this is enough to freak me out a little bit <laughs> and uh, encourage me to open my mouth and share the good news. Yes, sir. Right, absolutely. So, our main responsibility, as you say, is to share as best we can the truth. Yep. But we can't force them to act on it. Yep, agreed. Yeah, so Frank just said, for the sake of the recording, um, that some of us are planters of the seeds, some of us are waterers of the seeds, and others of us uh, get to see the harvest. So, it's okay to just be wherever you're at. Does that answer your question? Yes, sir. Could I respond to the church question, please? Yeah. Um, as a former hospice chaplain, I was confronted, though, by a lot of people who said, I'm not religious. I don't need a chaplain. And I would just, you know, simply say, well, good, I'm not religious either. Yeah. <laughs> because religion is what you do, like, on Sunday morning. Yeah. But I have faith in God. Right. And not only are you not religious, Jesus was not particularly religious either. Uh, most of the time you see Jesus spurring off the religious zealots rather than saying, hey, really follow these traditions. Any other questions? I think there's part of that question too about like, what if they're really hostile towards what you have to say? Yeah, if they're hostile, move on to the next person. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not much of an advocator of uh, shake the dust off your feet and say God's curse is on you or whatever, but I am an advocate of if they're not ready to hear, move on. There are a lot of people in this world who have never heard. Did you guys know that something like 61% of Christians never share their faith? Never. 61%. Did you know there's something like 50% of people who don't even know the Great Commission? It's crazy. Just so we're all on the same page in this room, the Great Commission is Jesus' command to go and preach the good news to all people. We can't get discouraged. We can't say, hey, there's this one person and I, I preached the gospel and they said no and so I'm done. No, no, no. Just the next person and the next person and the next person and the next person and the next person. The reason that all of these evangelists that you hear about who are leading tons and tons of people to Christ are leading so many people to Christ, it's not because they have a 100% success rate. It's because they have like a 30% success rate and then they ask 100 people and then they have 30, right? So that's why. So there's a, I, I really encourage everybody here, today is the picnic. There's going to be a lot of people who don't know Jesus on our campus today. Know your story and share your story. As you engage with people, as you see people, as you have a conversation with people, know your story and share your story. I believe that today could change people's eternity if, if we're just willing to join Jesus in his mission to the lost. Think about it this way. You might be embarrassed for like 10 seconds if you have an awkward conversation with people, but their entire eternity could be changed. It's worth it. It's worth being uncomfortable. It's worth being a little awkward. It's worth it. Jesus, 
Jesus can change the lives of people, and he can use any of us. Like, really, truly, you're sitting there thinking, oh, there's no way I'm going to do this. And I'm telling you, if you just trust Jesus that he'll show up for you in that moment, he will, 100% guaranteed. I have never, ever, ever been let down. I've had some awkward conversations, but I've never seen Jesus let me down. Just take a step of faith. Listen, I'm convinced, sorry, soapbox moment. I'm convinced that if more Christians took a step of faith, not knowing what they were going to step on, more Christians would see God move. The reason we don't see God move is because we're not taking any steps of faith. Why does God need to move if you have a nine to five? He's not going to, you don't need him to provide the food on your table. Like, I believe he is. I believe that's his generosity. But faith-wise, it doesn't take a lot of faith to take your paycheck and buy food. But it does take a lot of faith to get out of your comfort zone and say, oh, gee, okay, well, hey, what's your name? Just watch. I challenge you. I encourage you. I invite you. The Bible says that we experience the fullness of the joy of following Jesus when we choose to proclaim him to others. Many of us talk about how we're like, where is Jesus in my life? When was the last time you shared his message with others? Because guess where he's at? He's out in the harvest field. You think he's on the couch doing nothing? No, he's not there. He's out in the harvest field. He's passionately seeking after those who don't know him. That's where you're going to find him. That's where you're going to experience joy. That's where you're going to see the movements of God in powerful ways. So I really, really, really invite you into this joy. Your story matters. God will use your story. Use your story today. So here's my challenge, my official challenge to everybody. Find at least one person today to share your story to. At least one. Okay? Okay. Raise your hand if you're going to take my challenge. (laughs) Woo! That's awesome. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Okay. We have to finish up. Um, I'm going to read the announcements, and then we're going to do our closing song. And then after our closing song, we can just dismiss, dismiss, okay? Um, Parking. We need a parking lot. So if you guys can uh, park elsewhere. Uh, we can, you can park at Sun Valley Automotive, which is just right over here, and the church will shuttle you back, or you can find a, a, a parking spot in one of the roads of the neighborhoods. Pizza is be, going to be served to all volunteers, so if you're helping out with a game or a booth or anything, we would love to serve you lunch. Also, hot dogs are available if you would like that. Pizza. Okay. Mark's going to be the person uh, shuttling you back to the church. So look for Mark. Uh, Then if everybody could just have eyes out for people coming on campus. If you haven't seen them before, hey, how you doing? Shake their hand. Let them know they're welcome. That would be great. Um, And we are in need of people who would help us tear down the carnival after. uh, The carnival officially ends at 2.30. So if you are willing to stick around, we know the Bronco game's getting started around that time. We're really, really sorry. But uh, if, you're will- if you're willing to sacrifice the first half of the Bronco game, we would really, really appreciate your help. Also, be sure to stay hydrated. We've got tons of hydration stations all around, and you can point others to those hydration stations. Um, there's one up on the patio. There's some over in the games over there. I think there might be one over here. So just uh, point people to those hydration stations, and you yourself be sure to drink plenty of water. It's really hot out there. I almost like was feeling like I was going to pass out before I came up here. So anyway. Hope you guys have a wonderful day, and I'm excited about how God will use you today.
Jesus, we praise you. We glorify you. Lord, we pray that you would empower us through your Holy Spirit to do the work that you're calling us to do, most specifically to proclaim your message to those who are going to come on campus today. Lord, you're good. We pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Normally, I don't talk a lot as far as from the stage, right? So I'm going to take a minute because of what Nathan just preached on to tell you some of what I've done or what my story is, okay? Uh, this first song that we did for the regular set is called New Day. That is my story, okay? I was at a time in my life where things had gone way wrong. Uh, I was raised Baptist, and so when you're a Baptist and you get divorced, you are not allowed to be in leadership in a church. That's just the rule, right? And that's, I I'd, I'd just lost my first wife. She'd had an affair, and I, I thought, my ministry's over. I'd spent my whole life trying to go towards the point of being able to lead people in worship, and I thought it was done. God's done with me. He doesn't have any use for me anymore. And God gave me a dream. And in that dream, it dealt with a lot of things that needed to change in my life. But at the end of the dream, he woke me up with an audible voice where he was calling by a name that I was not given at birth, but a name that I recognized as my own. And he said, Simon, Simon, Simon. And on the third Simon, I woke up. I still heard it in my ears as I woke up. And I looked around. I was living with roommates. There was nobody else home. Windows were closed, no radio on, no TV on. And I was like, God, why are you calling me Simon? That was Peter's name before you called him the rock. Why are you calling me the reed? I don't want to be the reed. I don't want to be this thing this weak and flimsy and, and isn't worthy of you. I thought God was just telling me that I'm done. You're, you're weak. I don't need you. And then <laughs> it was probably maybe a month later, I was at a worship conference. And there was a breakout session where it was all about prophetic worship and the, the prophetic word coming about. And so I was in that room, and I, I was with some people that I knew, but the people that were leading this group had no idea who I was. The guy walked up to me, and he says, what's your name? I said, my name is Christopher. No, 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 what's your full name? Christopher Lee Campbell. Huh. Does the name Simon mean anything to you? And I just burst into tears. And I'm like, oh, no, God's telling this guy I'm worthless too. <laughs> but he said, God called you Simon for a reason. Because when the wind of the Spirit blows, you're going to be able to point the direction that God is moving. You're going to be able to direct people that way. And that was at the core of what I wanted to be. I was a person who was pointing people to God and running to Him. So this song I wrote on the way back, had no guitar with me, <laughs> just riding in the backseat of a car, two thunderstorms coming together in Texas. I don't know if you've ever seen Texas thunderstorms. When you got two of them coming together, it's pretty massive. And the wind was blowing the car, and you could smell the new rain. And just as we escaped from where the clouds came together, there was a double rainbow in the sky. A new promise. <laughs> so here's the song. Sing it with me if you know it. New day, folks, if you want to put it on the screen. I hear the sound of rain in the distance There's a freshness on the air as it comes my way I hear the sound of rain in the distance And the 
across the sky Rise up, O soul, rejoice For it's a new day Rise up, O soul, rejoice For it's a new day It's a new day It's a new day, I find my hope in your arms, your name is written on my heart, and it's a new day, I feel a gentle breeze blowing in the sand. Of the Spirit, I feel precious raindrops bringing new life in the Spirit. Rise up, O soul, rejoice, for it's a new day. Rise up, O soul, rejoice, and it's a new day. It's a new day. I find my hope in your arms. Your name is written on my heart, and it's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day, it's a new day. Be blessed in Jesus' name. So don't forget to grab some food. Also, uh, if you know where you're volunteered, please uh, go find that space once you've got your food and there will be people there to direct you. If you didn't uh, come up, if you didn't sign up for something and you're like, I don't, wanna, I don't know what to do, but I would love to help out, please find me or Kelly or Doris and we will direct you to the right place. Oh, and if you're a parent, please immediately go and get your kids uh, so that we can keep things moving. Thank you so much. Good